I do know this is that if you're a person that is pushing into the future, you will have naysayers. I actually think it, I often say to myself, when you get pushback, you're actually means you're most likely on the right path. And so anytime I get that negative comment or somebody's questioning what I'm doing, I'm like, hmm, I think I might be on the right path here because, you know, that means I've caused somebody to feel change. Something's different. If you're status quo, that means nothing's changing. But yeah, I do think some people are scared of AI, but the easiest way to not have AI be a problem is to embrace it. It's very simple. Welcome to Events Demystified Podcast, where we explore and demystify the world of in-person, virtual, hybrid event AV production and technology by sharing insightful tips, tricks and tactics to make your events a success. This podcast is brought to you by TreeFan Events, a woman-owned boutique event production agency. And your host is Anka Trafan, a technical event planner and producer with almost two decades of hands-on technical experience in event production. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Events Demystify podcast, your one-stop shop for tangible, technical, and practical planning advice for anyone in the events industry. This podcast is sponsored by Trifan Events, a woman-owned and operated boutique event production agency, and I am your host, Anka Platon Trifan. And welcome to our current season. We're still running with it, the eventful AI, during which we are taking on demystifying the captivating world of AI as it applies to the event industry, exploring the practical applications, not just within the event industry, but also some of the ways we can apply it to our own branding, as we will be discussing today, our businesses as well. And with that, I got the chance to meet some phenomenal guests and talking about phenomenal guests, I have the absolute pleasure to introduce to you our feature guest for today's episode, Brian Monahan. Brian is not just a recognized figure in the event technology industry, but also an acclaimed author, speaker, certified professional coach dedicated to helping others find success in business and in life. He's also the vice president of business development for Prestige AV and creative services. His journey, interestingly enough, started in the United States Marines and led him to become an event technology ambassador serving the industry with his unique blend of customer service, creative event production, and business acumen. With over two decades of experience in the audiovisual industry, Brian is recognized as a hospitality thought leader known for his ability to deliver impactful organizational outcomes. His work combines excellent customer service, creative event production, and exceptional business acumen, as I mentioned earlier. He also shares his insights at various industry conferences and events, and today he's here with us to share his knowledge. So during today's episode, what we're trying to demystify and understand better is how to leverage AI to manage our personal branding in order to stand out in business, in the event industry, and in in general. With all of that, it is my pleasure to welcome our guest in. Welcome to the show, Brian. It's so awesome to have you join me. And with that, I just want to welcome you to the show. If you didn't know, actually, for a little while, Brian has coached me on this writing journey. And we're going to talk more about it as I'm in the process of writing a book and happy to report I'm still at it. Just sometimes life and especially events get in the way. But before we get to all of that, let's start talking about you. Because as we want to dive into this world of eventful AI. I would love to learn, you know, more about your expertise in leveraging technology in our industry and event productions. And also I'm kind of fascinating about your unique journey because you've been serving in the United States Marines and then you became a VP of sales and business development and you even authored a book. I mean, you just have done some things that normally people don't just do in AV productions, right? So I would love to hear 
share if you would take a moment to share with our audience how you got where you are today how did your time in the marines influence your approach to the business and how have you integrated your various talents and interests into your current role i know this is a three-part question but let me break it to you i love three-part questions so <laughs> let's start with the beginning and right. just try to do your best answering this three -part, i think that was like a question was sure it? That was like seven parts but oh uh, my gosh I, no i love talking about myself so we should be fine here you might need to cut me off here but i'm actually very proud a lot of people you know start their careers in the military i like many other people went in the military to help with education and help me pay for some college also to you know just get out of the house at a young age you know i didn't come from a poor family but we were middle class and you know there wasn't an easy path out and so i was like well i'm gonna go in the military and give this a whirl and you know by chance i was djing like many unskilled people in the industry i didn't do any instruments or wasn't in a band but i thought you know well what about media services as a job in the military so i signed up for that and i ended up in literally audiovisual in the marines i ended up taking the audiovisual support course and 30 years later i'm still doing it and much like pilots maybe if i would have went that track that would have been a little bit better <laughs> but uh you know a lot of people in the military the severance don't... probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be retired now. But for those of us who weren't riflemen or combat infantry who had other jobs, there's, you know, a lot of people don't realize there's just regular jobs. The military is like a corporation. They need people to do accounting. They need people to do training. And so I ended up in the training audiovisual support center. And what that meant is at that time, dating me, we were checking out overhead projectors to drill instructors and flip charts slide projectors and right at the time that lcd what an exciting world right <laughs> i know i know and you know we were on call to solve problems out in the field with training i would go out uh, so you put the wrong the slide in the wrong slot oh it's yeah upside down <laughs> well we did have a few training facilities that actually had slide to video projectors. And those were like, you know, I mean, seriously, cutting edge to put a slide into a video monitor. But yeah, we we are talking about AI, Brian. Oh, I know. I mean, where where have we come? So, you know, that led me to my career. You know, I didn't even know there was an event industry. I started out in the Marine Corps, just, you know, the technology of their events. And on the way out, I had a warrant officer who was retiring at the same time I was getting out. And he goes, hey, have you ever heard of this industry? And I'm like, oh wow i didn't even know there was a thing so you know i ended up applying at a number of av companies and ended up landing in cincinnati in my hometown and worked for a number of av companies till i landed at prestige and made a career of it i personally have always been more passionate about the big picture of the event industry you know what engagement means in a meeting what the business background of the meeting is you know how it financially impacts the organizations putting it on so i kind of took a different little shift and that's why i ended up in sales so i'm much more interested in the dynamics of of running a business and providing a great product to our clients. And so with that, I had this great idea. I wanted to try something else. And so I got certified as a professional coach and, you know, I was into personal development. So I took a little detour mid-career and started a little life and business coaching company. You know, I'll be frank, it was tough. I did it right around 2008, you know, not the best time to be starting a new company, but so I made my way back into the event industry, but that training and coaching and mentoring really propelled my career at Prestige. I came back in a sales role and quickly start producing, gaining new clients, taking on new opportunities. And, you know, it's just really propelled my career significantly. And that led me to today, you know, back in 2016, I decided to write a book on customer service and I did it because I always wanted to write a book. And so I sat down and did this, this whole model of writing a book and just fell in love with the concept of writing. And so on the side now I do coaching, as you mentioned, helping people get their first book off the ground and as you mentioned too, yeah, it's hard to write a book and have a career and have multiple things. And that is really what the hard part of a book is. It's not actually writing it, it's fitting it into your life. And so on the side, I've been finding ways and in the middle of all that AI, you know, presents us to today. And there's a lot of great opportunities in the event industry, build our personal brands to help facilitate how our events are delivered mm -hmm. and experience of our clients. So I'm super excited to be talking about AI. I personally love it. I use it regularly am i an expert no am i getting there yes so did i hit all three points yes you were right yeah. on point and you're all right, right. 
anybody that wanted to write a book would just do it because it's so easy. We would have mm. volumes upon volumes yeah. of books. There is a quote that obviously I'm going to butcher because I'm really good at that. It says something along the way, along the lines of how there is like a cemetery of unwritten books. Oh, right? absolutely. You know, somewhere, somehow, and manuscripts that never actually made the child, right? So yeah, it's definitely a challenge. We'll talk more mm. about how, like you mentioned, AI could help with maybe the idea or the brainstorming part of that because we trying to follow this routine mm. of like yeah. start with the top and go to the bottom i'm gonna go back to my flow and now that we got to know you brian i would love to then just get into dive into what we we're going to talk about and you mentioned branding and personal mm -hmm. branding is something that you've worked at for quite a few years because as you mentioned you started a career path but then also you wanted to elevate your personal brand and see what happened so i'm curious where you started with that why was that important to you at one point in your life and then how now taking it to today's science, how is AI helping you elevate that even more? Yeah, I think what really sparked me is actually when I started going down the sales track in the industry. So I didn't start out as vice president of sales for Prestige. I started out as account executive or an on-site director of audiovisual services. And for those that are in the industry, you know, that's a really great role to become really good at corporate type environment. You're in the field delivering AV, but you're also running essentially a small business on behalf of your AV company alongside the hotel or the, the facility you're working with. And so I quickly learned that you know, in sales, you have to stand out. You have to have something different about you, unique. And so how do I differentiate myself from the competition? And so I also believe people do business with people. And so that's where the personal part comes about. Yes, Prestige, my employer has a great brand. They spend a lot of money promoting themselves in many different ways. And I also needed to promote myself within their brand. And so that I made it just a major part of my approach. If I were to say, what's the biggest impact on my career? in the way of building my personal brand, it's speaking at events. Mm -hmm. That is the absolute number one way to grow your personal brand. And I equate it to this. If you go to a networking event, and you're a salesperson or you're trying to find leads, you're one person and you can shake how many hands in an hour? Maybe 10 effectively, maybe even just right. five. Okay, you know, it's not about quantity over quality. But if you're speaking at an event, you get to meet everybody. They get to meet you. Besides that, you're probably getting marketed on their behalf to their network. And so you live on their website forever. That's part of what we're doing here with your podcast too. It just builds additional breadth of awareness of who you are. So I just yeah, really embrace build Not just authority, but also trust, right? It's like oh, oh, yes. somebody to actually know what they're talking about. And there's a term which stands for expertise, experience, authority, and trust, AT. And that sells more than, like you said, whatever, how many Google ads you're going to buy. Yeah. And I think that's, I love the word trust. I think that's the underpinning of everything you're doing with a personal brand is you're trying to excel, not necessarily trying to accelerate, but you're actually elevating your trust factor with a potential customer, somebody that, you know, like a circle of influence, so to speak, the people in your network, not everybody that you're networking with is a potential customer, but they may be the person that leads you to a potential customer mm -hmm. or other opportunities. You know, like a scenario for me is I build a relationship with somebody through the MPI Potomac chapter and later on. On, she was involved in a project and was able to invite me to be able to teach some courses on audiovisual. That's a relationship I built 10 years ago that paid off today. And so it's yeah. not a short project, it's a career long project. So how has AI recently maybe enhanced the work that you've already done over the years, right? To build this personal and business brand that you are proud of because it represents you, who you are as a person, who you are as a professional. The minute chat GPT came out, I was sold. I mean, it just was, <laughs> it was game changing for me personally. The reason is this, you know, yes, I work for a mid-size organization. We have resources, but still my personal branding and some of the projects I'm doing, I'm not going to be able to hire editors and people to go through my work at the pace that I want to create ideas and content. And so it just accelerates my ability to put things out to the world or to write a letter or write a concept. I say that chat GPT or AI is not 
a replacement for your ideas. It's an enhancer of your ideas. And so I go and I write a marketing piece or I'll write a business letter and I run it through chat GPT to clean it up. And sometimes it kicks out better ideas. And so it's like having a private copywriter on your behalf to help you ideate quicker and faster. And so it's allowed me a lot of ability to move quicker than I, I ever could in the past. Absolutely. Now, as you've touched, you know, on how AI has helped and enhanced, and I love that idea of like enhance, right? Because it doesn't replace you. It doesn't replace your idea. It doesn't replace your creativity, but it will enhance maybe the speed at which you come up with new ideas. Just earlier today, I was actually running a bit of a SEO analysis on my website and mm -hmm. like I'm getting all this traffic, but for some reason, I'm not seeing the conversions that I want to see. So I'm diving into, you know, analytics and running it by chat gpt teach me what do i not see because i'm like i'm not an seo marketer expert right and one of the things that then i'm thinking about asking chat gpt is if you're a panicking customer in my niche right in our niche yeah. what would be some of the things that you would be searching for on google and it was amazing to see that it came with 15 ideas that i didn't even think about it right because sometimes i feel like in our own branding in our own niche we can sort of like get like so microscopic on the things that we care about but we forget the big picture like we forget the problems that people might run into that are so like high level that like kind of like a, like i would never like run into that problem because it's way beyond my years of experience in this industry to even think that that would be a problem right yeah but this is the level of some of people that are struggling with trying to figure out out, you know, how not to crash, I don't know, a virtual event, yeah. or how can I hire like an AV production company really fast, <laughs> like <laughs> last minute things like that, right? And those are the things mm -hmm. that I'm like, that's actually really helpful information. So I know now when I want to maybe write a new blog piece, what should I be focusing on? Because again, I am thinking expert level, but there's so many people that are just like intro level, and I don't always see the problem at that level anymore, right? No, I mean, it's infinite opportunity to expand your ideas. And so I think, yes, we are insulated to what we see on a regular basis. It's not that we're negligent in that. It's, we can only be exposed to what we're exposed to. And ChatGPT's got the entire breadth of the internet, so to speak, as its uh, reference point. And it's been designed in a way that can access it in a way that makes sense to us. It definitely has got holes in it. On that note, my first use for, well, actually my proof of concept, which told me on ChatGPT. My second prompt was, please write a training on how to set up pipe and drape. And I thought that was honestly. And when it came back with the correct training, because how does ChatGPT know what Gotta know, right? Is? And is it really going to get it right? And I'm like, I'm sold. <laughs> so, so you're like creating processes yeah. and you're just like, oh. okay, here's your manual. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and you know, too, like you think you can tell everybody something and then they get to this event site and they're like, well, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. And so you can't be enough. So that is actually one of the uses I use is I write little mini trainings and usually I'm prompting it with more information. But that time I'm just like, test it out. Yeah, uh, exactly. Please write a training on pipe and drape everybody and see what it comes back with. So because <laughs> it's actually a pre-trained model, that means somebody somewhere mm -hmm. somehow might have already... Yeah. Yep. contributed this information. <laughs> oh, I know. It's mind-boggling for me. So That's funny. So I remember like when we transitioned, again, now we're dating ourselves, but we yep. transitioned from like the drop-down screens to the fast-fold screens. Mm -hmm. And I was in the position, I was working for another production company at the time, and I was an account manager and I was training people on site. So I was in the position to actually write like you said, like a manual, how mm. to set up this fast full screen. And I remember the pain of like do, going through the steps because you can miss a step, right? Because then you get a tech that hasn't done it before and they will skip that step. They wouldn't have any common sense to know, yeah. oh wait, you are <laughs> supposed to be using this third knob to, you know, the legs fold and make sure that you do attach it to the frame. <laughs> 
And the red knob, well, this one's bright. Right, and okay. the height, and if you're going to do it, you know, at this height, make sure that the other one is at the same height, because otherwise you're going to have like this a level screen. So anyway, I love that idea. Actually, I haven't thought about it, so I'm stealing that for next time. When oh, I need to absolutely. Some type of a process. So now that we're coming back to the branding part, like how mm. can someone effectively stand out in this fast-paced and dynamic event world? Like how are you standing out using the tool that you have at hand and then from there from a personal example maybe give it like a general like example for anyone that's an event professional that is trying to figure out okay there's all these AI tools I don't know what to do with them but how can you use it as a strategic partner to create this you know distinctive personal brand in an industry where you know the reality is innovation is key yeah, I mean, I'm actually just going to give you a simple process that I take, which is both a productivity process and it leads to an output, which is, you know, I have drive time. I got to drive to the office. I'm not fully virtual like many AV or people. We have to actually show up at our, you know, we have a warehouse and we're pushing equipment out. So during my drive, I actually will open up otter.ai and I will start, you know, for those who don't know, otter is a transcription service. So I will start speaking and uh, it'll start gathering my text. So I might riff on an idea like, hey, I want to do a podcast on how to use chat PT more effectively. Some of the ways I would go about that is XX and X. And I'll riff that. At the time when I started this, otter.ai was not transcribing and doing any kind of additional work. They were just giving you a transcript. But now they actually will summarize it, give you keywords mm. back. But then after you're done with that, then you take it and run it through ChatGPT. Please condense my transcript from my discussion about how to use ChatGPT better into a three-paragraph article that I can post to LinkedIn to establish a process on how to use ChatGPT. And then have that run that through. And then you go back. And here's the thing about AI. Don't ever take AI for what it gives you. You need to go back and you add your flavor to it. So then I go back into it and I read what it's brought back to me, which is, by the way, it's my original thoughts that have been transcribed. They've been reduced and outlined. And then I've run it through another time. And then I've actually gone through and then done a final edit and made it make sense for my target audience. And then that's going to be pushed out through LinkedIn. That might be a newsletter article, could possibly be something like a description for a presentation I'm doing. And so it's just all about cutting down your time in creating things without having to sit down and write an entire article from scratch. I love that idea. Actually, I use to send those type of notes to myself, you know, just mm -hmm. recording myself on the phone the same way like you, like maybe in traffic, maybe just, I know, on a walk, I, I get my best ideas, right? And here comes an idea that I'm like, this would be great for a LinkedIn mm -hmm. article or LinkedIn post or whatever. And I am the worst to actually plan my content because my ideas come like that. Like literally, like I can't just sit down and be like, let me think of a 10 content ideas for this week. So I can, yeah. all, you know, no, they just come like this. And then I put it in my phone. So I don't forget, especially if I'm in the middle of something where I can't really just sit down and write it. And then from that original idea, I enhance it with either using ChatGPT to evolve, you know, kind of generate yeah. more whatever thoughts into that, or I would write it and then I run it to get it more concise because yeah. I either like have to have it more developed or I have to condense it because I have way too many words and I'm like okay yeah that's nobody's gonna read that <laughs> No. So I love that process because it gives everyone that's listening right now and is kind of, you know, sh not sure how to use it in context of keeping your original content original. That's that's a great example of how to do that. Yeah, I think you're starting with an original idea, you're leaning on the tool, it's coming back to you, you're giving further input, and you're giving the tool guidance, and then you're coming back to it, and you're, you're finalizing the idea. I actually equate AI and ChatGPT to a calculator for words. I'm old enough to know that there was a day when calculator in a classroom would have got you expelled. Now it's on, I just bought a $139 calculator for my daughter. And I didn't know that that was still a thing to be quite honest, but no. So it's on the list of things that she's supposed to bring to school. And I think 25 years ago, that would have been cheating. Now I think the same in 25 years, you're going to say AI is a tool for calculating words to get the outcome you're looking for. And so I just think it's so new that people are afraid of it and, and don't understand how to harness it. 
Absolutely. And I totally agree with what you just said. And it's an example that if you go back in the history of, you know, every new thing, new shiny thing was a some type of a reason for fear for a lot of people. Yep. And it goes all the way back into 1600s, 1800s. So AI is just another way I feel like as we get used to it, it's just going to become the norm. And I don't know how in which ways I can only imagine it's going to shape the way we do business business and leave our lives. But one thing is for sure, you know, we're still exploring it. We're still finding yep. out what it can do and where we're at. It's a strategic ally, if you know, and a tool that really helps to change or enhance, like, as we mentioned, I love the word and give you a new nuance of looking at things or maybe turning your content that you're creating originally in ways that you didn't even think about, you know, to spin it. So with all of that being said, I want to come back to the personal development and personal yeah. story that creates your overall journey. Do you have one maybe particular event, decision or person that in your journey has significantly shaped or impacted your career in one way or another. And a spin-off of that question, piggybacking on that, because of course yeah. we have to have the multi-question questions. How did this one moment or person or decision influence and guide you to leverage technology, production tools in ways that you could say they could be transformative in one way or another? Yeah, I think the person who inspired me most in my career that made the biggest impact is actually a sales trainer. His name is Jeffrey Gittimer. And I got the opportunity to build a great friendship with him because he was doing a conference. I was running the Hilton Netherland Plaza in Cincinnati, Ohio. He was coming in doing a public seminar and I enjoyed his books, but I have never met him. And because of that, I got a chance to meet him and build a relationship with him. But in his public seminar, that particular one that he did that we worked, he presented this concept and it was this. And he said, my name's Jeffrey Gittimer and I deliver value first. And it was just like a light bulb went off for me and it just changed my approach to life. I was like, if I can show up with value first, I will always win. And what better way to, to win is to actually be giving something back to other people. And so it just set me on a path. I try to show up with something in hand, with an idea, a concept, whatever that might be. And it's just served me well. I say it's a long career. I mean, it's not about quid pro quo. It's not about bribe people, but you know, it's good karma to take care of people and people take care of me. And that, that's been the biggest difference for me. And that's led me to having new ideas and being on the forefront. One thing you talk about personal brand, I just want to bring this up. I have a personal mantra as well called be the trend. And what that means for me is that anytime there's a new product service, I want to be on the front side of the adoption curve. I don't know if it's ever going to last, but I want to be the person trying it out. And I've want to have the habit of being a person who tries new things. And so that's why when AI comes out, uh, what is this? Why well, I, I need to just do it and I'll yeah. figure it out later. Take that all the way back. I think Jeffrey just set me on the right path. What's interesting is actually I'm going to be doing my own podcast here shortly and his wife is going to be one of my guests on the show and then he will be on a future show as well. So, I mean, it's been about 20 years since I first met him and it's still somebody that impacts my life right in a big way. And I feel like you just touch on something super important, like in order to have such a long longevity in a career and in an industry, staying at the forefront of, you know, technology, what's new, what's up and coming, it's so important, you know, yeah. and it is what keeps you in the business and keeps you coming up with new, fresh ideas and ways of bringing value and adding value to the conversation or whatever place you're put in. So as we delve into this unique blend of a background that you have, you know, from your Marines experience to customer service, to putting all the knowledge into a book that you mentioned earlier, how has all of that led you to think differently about AI and its application? Because for some, adopting something as new as AI could be, you know, problematic, could be something like, oh, what is this thing? You know, like I've been, I remember just recently I posted something on LinkedIn about how my Facebook page got bashed by some random people that I am promoting AI in events and in business. Mm. Like it's some kind of a legal thing to do. <laughs> and like fear mongers out there, like just coming after me. I mean, it was drama for a while. And I'm like, I don't understand this mindset. I think you're talking about a couple different things in that comment. But, you know, one thing is, 
I do know this, is that if you're a person that is pushing into the future, you will have naysayers. I actually think it, I often say to myself, when you get pushback, you're actually means you're most likely on the right path. And so anytime I get that negative comment or somebody's questioning what I'm doing, I'm like, hmm, I think I might be on the right path here because, you know, that means I've caused somebody to feel change. Something's different. If your status quo, that means nothing's changing. And so it's just an example of people. It might just be the platform. It might be the environment. But yeah, I do think some people are scared of AI. But the easiest way to not have AI be a problem is to embrace it. It's very simple. Yeah, I was making a point how AI won't just replace you whatever you are doing or where you are, but a person using AI might. Yeah. Now, have you had an opportunity to mess with Sparkit.ai, the event-based one? I wasn't sure what that was going to look like, but it's actually, it's got a good idea concept. It's like, it's doing AI for the event industry. It's saying, I need a description for this session. I need a long form bio. I need an overall event description. And so what's going to happen is you may not need three administrators for that event. You just need one, but you are going to need somebody that understands how to run that tool. It's kind of like somebody who could type 30 years ago or 40 years ago, whatever it was, and somebody who can use a computer. It's going to be a new job. Mm -hmm. Jobs are not going to go away. It's just going to be different jobs. And so Mm -hmm. how do you be a part of the different job of the future? Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you have any potential examples where maybe being seen as different or being perceived as different just because you might have shared some strategies and perspectives that were avant-garde for some of the people around you? Yeah, I don't know if I have any firm examples. I mean, I do, as you go back and say, you know, as somebody who's always pushing the limits, always trying to be in the future, to try new things, to, you know, just the act of building a personal brand is Mm. putting yourself out in front of people to be judged or to be. And so, yes, there are times, you know, I have coworkers over the years that maybe don't understand what I'm doing. In fact, you know, during the pandemic, I figured it out. What was going on is that a lot of our team didn't know me for who I was because I was out presenting to meeting and event planners at conferences. They didn't have an opportunity to see what I do for a job. And so when we went online and they didn't know what it was, they were like, what's Brian doing? He's doing interviews online. He's doing this. You know, it's like, we need to book business right now. And I'm like, that's what we're doing. <laughs> you know, right. We're like, building the business he, just from a yeah. different side. Exactly. That's Yeah. And, and these are the conversations I have with meeting and event planners when I'm at a conference, but being a person who's running audio or video for me, they don't have that context and they don't necessarily have to have that context, but it was mm-hmm. an eye-opening experience for me to say, these people really don't know what I do and I need to educate our team better of what sales looks like, what personal branding mm-hmm. looks like. It is all part of our product. And so, yeah, it was definitely a challenge for a period of time. For sure. Well, we're going to come back to this conversation. We're going to take just a quick brief pause. It's a pause like this that allows us to appreciate the support that makes conversations like this possible. So don't go anywhere. Maybe just grab a quick drink or something, but be right back. We will return and we'll continue talking to Brian and hearing his thoughts on leveraging AI for personal branding and event management. So don't go. We'll be right back. Before we move any further, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our main sponsor, Trifan Events, which is a boutique event planning and production agency that will come alongside you, offering personalized event planning and technical support, strategic event design, production and technology management, and flawless execution for live, virtual, and hybrid events. The team at Trifan Events is passionate about planning and producing event experiences that get people involved with true moments of interaction, engagement, and co-creation while offering white glove treatment throughout the entire planning process, enabling you to reach your event goals with the use of creativity, production tools, and event technology. To find out how Trifun Events can plan and produce your event become memorable, go to trifunevents.com.
Welcome back, friends. If you're just joining us, we have Brian Monahan, VP of Sales and Business Development at Prestige AV and Creative Services, Life Event Industry Relationship Builder. Do you like that title? That's pretty I good, love right? It. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you go to Chat GPT during the break? I did. <laughs> I totally did. <laughs> so before we took this brief break, we were talking about how your entire journey has sort of like set you up on this path of customer service success where you develop your sales skills and you even authored a basically wrote a book and became an mm. author, which has elevated your personal and professional branding. Now, as an industry coach and mentor, how do you advise others on effective ways to use the tools at hand, AI or not, in building personal branding? Yeah, I think one of the big mistakes that people are making now is, you know, just relying too much on their company brand only. I think mm -hmm. it's important to have your own take. You know, as we mentioned earlier, people do business with people. And mm -hmm. so, yes, you work under a brand. You should represent that brand well, but you too have a brand and you have to get creative and weave that in and make sure that you represent yourself because, yes, it is a career. It's not a destination. And so the pandemic's a great example. I hate to use that word. We're trying to move on, but a lot of people had to take shifts. They needed to make, hey, I was with a company for 20 years and I thought I was going to be here for another 10 until yeah. uh, I could retire. Well, that company went belly up or reorganized. And so it's imperative that you have a backup plan for yourself. And I think a personal brand is a great way to do that because you are in business for yourself, even if you're working for somebody else. You know, you've basically signed a contract with them and they're going to pay you a certain amount of money for the services rendered. And so you've sold them on an entire salary for the year. And you may need to do that again in the future. And so I highly encourage people to think for the future. I also think there's a much greater opportunity with the digital world that people have side hustles and it's much more common. People have other interests. And, you know, I think we're going to talk about balance and things like that later. And I think it's important that we're always engaging with the things that bring us joy and passion. And we need to find a balance. Either we find it in our day job or we have to find it during our free time. And so yeah. ideally you can find it in both places. That's the best path. But, you know, I think you just need a nice balance of those things to have a complete life that brings you joy and a robust experience. I couldn't agree more. Now, let's unpack a little bit that because I remember I was in a season in my life where I was actually working for another production company and unbeknownst to me, I was building my personal brand, but not intentionally, just mm. because like you said, I needed another outlet to let my creativity, my ideas, my other thoughts than work-related thoughts to come to the surface. And as I was doing that, I started building this personal brand for my myself. And then I realized that I have a following now and people are looking up to me. And then when we parted ways with this production company that I was working with at the time, a lot of the clients that I built and I brought to this company came with me. And I'm like, mm. what am I going to do with all these clients? <laughs> I didn't have a company. I didn't think that I wanted to start a company, but then I was at this place where I had a brand and people were trusting the brand, were trusting the person behind the brand. And that was sort of like my my aha moment, I'm like, I should have a yeah. company. <laughs> Like, what am I doing? You know, like I should have a company. So I'm starting my company. I have the clients and I'm building this business now. And all of that started with this. Again, it wasn't like this major plan that I had for myself at the time. But like you mentioned, like I had a need for a place or an outlet for creativity. And the truth is, you know, in a lot of our jobs, our careers, there isn't always creativity is not something that is appreciated or it's not something mm -hmm. that you're going to get paid for unless you're like, a marketer or yep. maybe that's your job title right but like in av productions you're paid to run sound or around i don't know be the video switcher or the lighting operator but a lot of the top process you know behind all of that it's not like somebody's going to come and ask you so well, how do you feel about <laughs> process behind this operation, right? So I love that you touch on that because I feel like for a lot of people, they're maybe safe, you know, where they are and they feel like they are safe, but the blanket from under you could always be pulled away, like you just mentioned in the example with the pandemic, which we don't want to mention again. But no, no, no more. Right. <laughs> me like an aha moment, the opportunity to realize that I built a foundation. 
even though it wasn't necessarily intentional. And that foundation is what actually carried me through that time so that I build even further onto that. And I'm at the point where, you know, I'm like, okay, so that was fun and I loved it. I feel like now there's other avenues that come out of me that I'm like, I want to actually explore other directions, but I have the freedom to do so. Yep. It's my own branding. I don't depend upon somebody else's to say, well, that's so far away from this. Like we're going to confuse our customers, you know, mm -hmm. like if you go in this direction, well, guess what? This is me. It's part of me. Like I might be into bodybuilding and might mm -hmm. also be into audiovisual productions, two different things. <laughs> I'm going to have to remember that next time somebody's like, what are you, you're a book writing coach and you're an audiovisual. And I'll say, Anka's a bodybuilder and an audiovisual. I mean, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's like that. So, I mean, I don't have anything to worry about. I mean, about. apparently you, that... I'm used as an example in other people's presentations. Somebody literally like <laughs> called me and said, Hey, I am giving this speech at, in front of this audiovisual production, guys. Can I use your picture from your podcast with my bodybuilding picture with the swords, yep. you know, to make a point how you could be in this field and yet you can still put wellness and fitness at a high priority? And I was like, uh... <laughs> I'm like, should I charge for that? <laughs> you love it. Don't kid yourself. I know you I, love it. <laughs> I might have, yeah, I might have been a little bit, but like, okay, fine. <laughs> if you must. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me to send you a Dropbox link with additional? <laughs> exactly. I have a few other poses. Would you like those too? But it was just hilarious because I feel like sometimes people, they try to put you in this box and then you don't fit in that box. Mm. Like you don't want to be, you want to break the box. You don't want to be contained within whatever the square that they think in their mind that you should be. And that is to me, the idea of this AV professional that only does AV. And I always like kind of rebelled against that idea of all the things. First off, I don't fit that persona of an AV guy, right? Like I've talked about it many times before on the podcast and in different blogs and posts, how you can still be yourself within the industry that you're in. As long as you're authentically yourself and you bring to the table, you know, the passion for your work, but also that also means that you could be passionate about other things. I don't know, airplanes, flying, paper airplanes or something. Jets, I don't know, anything. Helicopters. So I love, yeah, but I love the idea that you decided, okay, I'm not just an AV production professional. I'm an author. I'm a coach. I'm a mentor. And who knows what's next? I mean, come on, let's yep. talk about what's next. Chat GPT, what's next for Brian Monahan? <laughs> he's an author, he's a coach, he's an AV professional. Somebody run that prompt for us. <laughs> so coming back to the questions, what has been maybe one of the most challenging or maybe rewarding aspects of this evolution that you started from like AV to sales to customer service, book author to now a coach and a mentor? To be frank, the hardest part has been you know, I have started a couple coaching businesses over the year, and this is just me, me being transparent, and they didn't financially pay off the way I wanted to. And so there was a point where I was disappointed to come back to the career, you know, like mm -hmm. I'd taken that leap, I'd moved on, but it just didn't work out. And so I had to retool and come up with a new idea. And so round two, when I did that, I got into sales and I started doing presentations and that started to fulfill me. Hey, I, I get an opportunity to go out and have a creative outlet within the realm of an audiovisual career. And I took another stab at it and I miscalculated it. You know, the great news is it's actually a joke at Prestige. There's three of us now that have been employed by Prestige three times. And I say we <laughs> give can get rid of you. Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm the president of the 3X Club. My good buddy, Tony, is the vice president. And then we just hired somebody back this week. And I said, you know, well, you're going to have to give yourself a title of 3X Club. <laughs> but <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so he took chairman. So what I've done is I just always try to integrate what brings me joy into what I'm doing. And so it's not always pretty. It's not always perfect. I try to communicate. I do work for a great owner who I have access to. And we have regular meetings. And, you know, he knows at the end of the day, who I am and what brings me joy. And he also has a business to run and he needs an audiovisual sales professional to help run that side of the business. And as long as I can deliver value in that, he gives me a lot of freedom to do the other things I like to do. And so at the end of the day, I think 
think when you're delivering value, being highly transparent, being a great communicator, you can do a lot more in life than being sour and negative. And, you know, sometimes you just have to take a chance and sit down with somebody and say, be honest, like, hey, this is what brings me joy. This is what brings you dollars, <laughs> you know, and let's find some place in the middle that works out and let's all be frank about it. And so that's where we're at. He knows what brings me joy. And, you know, AV brings me joy. It's not, I mean, I really do. I love the business. I actually disagree with you on the aspect of creativity. I often think that the best part about our industry is that you get to be creative in every aspect down to how am I going to get that piece of equipment from Cincinnati to Las Vegas by the next 12 hours? Well, I'm going to run over to yeah. Delta and put on Delta cargo. I'm going <laughs> to ship it there and I'm going to act like it was all what we always no, planned. I, anyway. I think what I was saying is that yeah. creativity is part of our jobs regardless, <clears throat> even if your job title is logistical manager. Mm. Like you said, you have to use your creativity to solve problems. And some of those problems are day in, day out, logistical issues, right? It's like, okay, like you gave the example. So I, I'm right there with you. It's just creativity as a trait is not necessarily, I guess, awarded as much as mm. it should be. No, it's hard to separate it because what you have is the outcome and somebody was like, oh, that just got there or that just worked. And you're like, no, there was 10 things that happened yeah. between here and there that actually solved that problem. It was not obvious to you, but that's always what I say. What's the glory of having professionals on the job is what I can do in a couple minutes that you have no idea might take you hours or if not be able to ever do it. That is why we have an industry because what you and I can fix on the fly, you and I got on our podcast today and I'm messing around with my microphone and I'm totally comfortable with having a microphone not work a minute before a podcast because <laughs> I do AV every day, you know? So Because you can go through the list and you yeah. know what you need to check on in order to get that thing working. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and and why wasn't it working? I didn't have it plugged in. The number one easiest solution. <laughs> But I do have, I just I moved, it. you know, so you are the very first podcast in my new basement home office. So. I feel honored. You are I mean, honored. even that am, background is yeah, fantastic. Like, let's, <laughs> should I, we show behind the, the curtain? Oh, we might as well. We might as well. I mean, this is the real deal here, you know? That's not virtual, guys. This is what <laughs> Brian's life looks like in this season. I love it. Well, I appreciate the fact that you actually made time to have this conversation. So as we're about to wrap here, you alluded to balance. And mm. we're going to shift gears a little bit and focus on something that's always on our minds here on the podcast, the well-being of event professionals and business owners and entrepreneurs. Now, as a busy event professional as yourself, and you mentioned before we started recording, how you've been traveling and been all over the place. And it's just sort of like the way of the industry. Like I just came mm. from, you know, a week long business trip, you know, in the middle of the country and I'm getting back into the swing of things, but like my emails are still to be caught up with and it's a lot, right? So there's definitely a demanding nature to our business that if you're in the event industry, you understand, like you don't have to be explained because you're in it, you know it, you live it. Mm. So how do you maintain your mental and physical well-being in a way that, like you said, joy is still part of what you do and burnout, you kind of keep it at bay as much as you can. No, I think it's imperative for us. I mean, our industry is tough. It's challenging and it doesn't lend well to balance in general. So, you know, I think it's, I know you face this on regular, when you're on show site, it's hard to be balanced. It's almost impossible. So you have to have good housekeeping skills for your health and when you're not in the show and at a greater level than a normal job might be because our schedules are different. We work weekends, we work nights, we work 25 hour days. And for me, prior to my recent move, we been a 90-day process of moving homes and I have had an interruption in my fitness, but my favorite type of fitness is like a fitness boot camp. And the reason why is there's a certain amount of accountability and social aspect to it. And that usually keeps me coming. So I think if you can add a social aspect into what you're doing or an accountability aspect, it goes a long way to helping you stay on path. So, hey, I've been out of town for 10 days, but the people at my boot camp are like, where you been? They're ready for me to come back. And a really good boot camp or fitness place will send you a note and say, we haven't seen you in 10 days, Brian, <laughs> where are you? So yeah, 
but that's something I'm actually working on is, you know, I moved into a new neighborhood, so I need to reestablish some new patterns. But on the mental health side of things, I have been able to maintain that for me. And what that is, is when I am at the office, I've been trying to take more defined lunches instead of sitting at my desk. I try to get up, get away. We have a thrift shop across the street from our offices and I like to thrift shop. So I will purposely go over there for 30 minutes and browse and just get out of the building and get a different environment. Walk. <laughs> which hence why I have so many boxes. What I need to do is go thrift shopping at my own house and donate it at the new place. <laughs> that is the hardest thing, especially yeah. what I feel like moving is an opportunity to do just that, to go through all yeah. the things and like, man, I haven't touched on this like in forever. Do I really need it? Yeah, I'm worried about the extra bill I'm going to get from the waste <laughs> removal right now because we're loading it up every week. We did actually downsize too. So we went from like a four bedroom to a three bedroom and hence I lost my office. <laughs> so, But yeah, it's, uh, it's a you know, process. Back to, yeah. But through that, I have remained true to staying focused. And also you have a family as well. And I think you know, it's imperative to make family time and maintain yeah. those relationships. And like this morning, my daughter ran off to stay away camp with her schoolmates. And although I wasn't driving her out there, I waited until she left this morning before I went into the office. I felt, you know, I was like, I don't need to rush off to the office. So be here. It's a big day to be able to have that connection with her. And I think when you can stay rooted in those valuable things like your family and your friends, it goes a long way for your mental health. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for being so generous with your insights mm -hmm. and sharing uh, your knowledge. Now, for anyone that's listening right now, how can they connect with you? And we'll have some of those places in the episode notes as well. Yeah. So if you're looking for an event, you know, Anka is not your person for a live event. Obviously you can hit me at prestigeav.com or maybe we can partner with Anka on an event in the future. But in terms of if you're looking to get into some of the other things I'm doing, I have a website, brianmonahan.me, or I actually have a newsletter for aspiring authors called The Right Time. And you can find that at signup.brianmonahan.me. And, you know, just jump in there. It's free. It's got great advice. You know, I always say, even if you're not writing a book, you're writing a profile, you're writing a LinkedIn post, you're writing something. We all need writing help. And so my goal is to help people become better writers and better communicators. I love it. Well, fantastic. And that pretty much wraps our conversation up for anyone that has been tuning in all the way till the end. Thank you. This was a great conversation on leveraging AI for personal branding and event management, but also, you know, Brian talking from his experience of what his journey led him to do and become so far. We'll see what's in stores next. Thank you so much, Brian, for this time. I feel like we definitely have gained quite a bit of insight on how to use you know the ai tools at hand don't forget to subscribe to stay updated on future podcast episodes featuring more brilliant minds from the event industry and until next time keep innovating keep crafting unforgettable event experiences that leave a lasting legacy and keep staying eventful this is your host anka platon signing off bye brian thank you bye. for being with thank us thank you bye Thank you for listening to the Events Demystified podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to review it, rate it, and share it with other event professionals that could benefit from it. Connect with us on social at Events Demystified Podcast. We would love to hear from you and what you're up to. If you'd like to learn more about Tree Fan Event Services and find out if we're a good fit in supporting your event, can we help your event be successful with a 20-minute free consultation? Link in the episode's notes. Thanks for tuning in.